Welcome to the Seller Roundtable e-commerce coaching and business strategies with Andy Arnott and Amy Wees. Hey, what's up, everybody? If you are... Oh, no, I think we're live now. Now it is. What's up, everybody? Uh, we are doing a Seller Roundtable live uh, today with uh, with us blaring through your headphones uh, or uh, through your speakers to our entire um, social network, Amy, everywhere. <laughs> going everywhere, all through the interwebs. Yes. Welcome, guys. We are going to start here in uh, a second. We're going to be talking Q4 and how to maximize your profit, uh, how to handle your inventory, all kinds of fun things like that. Because if you have not realized, it is August and this is Q4 prep month. Uh, everybody forgets that and waits till September or October, and then they are scrambling trying to get ready. So um, not only that, but with, you know, all the delays from China and things like that, you know, the sooner the better that you can get all this stuff dialed in. So, all right, guys, we are going to get started. Hey, what's Amy. up, everybody? This is Andy Arnott with Amy Weiss. And this is seller round table number 70. We're going to be talking uh, Q4 and how to maximize your sales. Uh, what do you think, Amy? Well, I think that there's a lot of crazy stuff that has been going on lately. Uh, of course, with Amazon and, you know, COVID. <laughs> but uh, I think there's a lot of people very nervous and thinking this is going to be the biggest Q4 ever and wondering what do I do? How do I prepare? How much should I order? But then wait, I can't send in. <laughs> I can't send anything in. Uh, but then wait, what if Amazon decides to do what they did during COVID and not deliver on time and all of my inventories at Amazon? But then wait, you know, and I think, you know, so many people are selling on other channels and there's, there's so much going on right now. We just thought today is a great day to just get after it and talk about it. So I'm excited and I have M&Ms. So I'm uh, prepared. Amy, I saw a post on your Facebook. Uh, I think it was yesterday saying that there was going to be some candies being cut out and uh, there's, okay. The water is okay. So the water is the secret, right? <laughs> no, it's funny though. That is, that is seriously like whenever I drink a ton of water, I drop weight like crazy and I just suck at drinking water. So I um, do too. I, I, do I feel too. like that, that, that problem has not been solved. Like people have like the bottles with like the etch things on them and, you know, apps and things like that. I'm like, no, I need, I need like a <laughs> bottle with, uh, and maybe it exists. Tell me if it does. And if not, like somebody's going to steal this idea and make a million dollars on it. But like, uh, you know, a bottle that has like a little thing on the bottom of it that like will, will beep at you or vibrate or something to like force Well, you. they have the one that lights up. They have a bottle that like glows at you yeah. while it's sitting on your, you yeah. know, but yeah. I need or, it to be more annoying than that. Or maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe it's tied to an app and like your, your computer screen and phone screen is blocked until you drink water. <laughs> Um, you know, something that just like forces me to drink water because it just seems, you know, either that or like an IV backpack. <laughs> I want IV right. to, whenever I get an IV, like, it's like, you feel like a new person. I wish you could just get IV on demand. I've I been putting things in my water. Like today I have lemon in here because if it's just water, I get yeah. so bored with it. Yeah, I, I do. It. I do just like water, lemon juice. And then like, I have my own little electrolyte mix that I made. 
um, and then a little stevia, and then it's kind of like lemonade. It's it's delicious. But anyway, guys, <laughs> we went off on a tangent there. Uh, but Wait, I, it's not a bad tangent though. So many people gained totally. weight during COVID. Yeah, yeah. I think um, I forgot who it was that called me an amateur on that post because I was like, I've gained twelve pounds. And they're like, amateur. <laughs> I gained thirty five pounds. Yeah, I right. When I back up. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I've been to In and Out Burger every day this week. Yeah, that's 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 the. I'm, yeah, I'm kind of glad we're. I'm gonna miss In and Out Burger, but I'm kind of glad we're moving away from it so that um, it, it's not such a frequent stop. So, do you want to tell everybody what you're doing, Andy? Andy is moving. Yeah, we're moving. So, um, well, it's it's not 100 sure, but it's like 95 sure to uh, Boise, Idaho. So the home of click funnels. So, you know, I'm, I'm going to go like stock Russell Brunson in, uh, he lives in Eagle. I'm going to go stock him there and, and, you know, wait for him to come to his car and be like, dude, what's going on? Let's hang out. <laughs> um, but you need uh, to get him on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, we, we went out and visited a couple of, what was, what was it like a month ago or so, maybe uh, more, but, um, yeah, we really enjoyed it. Um, super super cool state uh i love the fact that my mortgage is going to be like a third of what it is here uh we're really looking forward and your to... taxes right yeah is it like your business taxes will those be cheaper too <laughs> yeah so i went on to like be like oh how hard is it going to be to transfer my llc out there it was like a two-page online form and it costs a hundred dollars in california it's a nightmare and it's like a thousand dollars per year <laughs> for the privilege of doing business here so yeah i'm i'm pretty excited to to run away uh, from from all the the uh, restrictions and uh, money constraints here, and we're really excited to put our cash to work out there. Um, you know, we're 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 trying to be super frugal, and we're gonna invest more and and you know get more into the cash flow game because we are tired of of working and. You want to get um, out of the rat race. Exactly. Yeah, yep. I'm 100% so, with you. Yeah. Yep. So we're, we're going to try to, you know, like be frugal for a couple of years, grind it and, and really start reinvesting in, in real estate and, and things like that. Um, so yeah, we're excited to do that. I mean, it's going to be interesting. We're, we're going from, uh, you know, acreage to not acreage. Uh, we're going to have neighbors right next door, which is something new for us. We haven't had that in years and years and years. Um, but uh, also excited for having neighbors in terms of, you know, we have kids to, that can run around and play now and, and just send them outside to the little cul-de-sac and, and, uh, they can have at it. So, uh, yeah, I think it's going to be, uh, it's going to be cool. We're, we're really excited. Very cool. I look forward to seeing what kind of cool house you find in Boise compared it, it, to. It, yeah, it's <laughs> actually, it's actually pretty, pretty standard. We're, we're going to actually, you know, house size, it's pretty much the same as what we have here. It's, it, but it's not super elaborate. We're just, we're, we're going basic. What we decided is we're going to go get out there, buy a house that we're then going to turn around and rent like in a year or two. So once we get out there, we'll get to know the area. Um, and then we'll just keep the house that we, that we're buying out there as a rental, um, and then move on to the next house. Once we find exactly what we want, where we want to live, uh, we're still not sure if we're going to keep our house here in California or not. We're, we're on the fence there. Um, but yeah, exciting stuff. It's crazy. Very good. Well, you guys, um, we would love to hear from you about your main concerns for Q4. Um, I will monitor the live, check it out, but we want to talk about Q4. So many people have been saying that Q4 this year is going to be insane compared to previous years. And so Andy put here in our notes, 30% minimum to 
increase in sales possible, maybe even more. So why do you think that, Andy? What's, what's your prediction? Well, so, I mean, you can already look at the trends, right? I mean, so many more people are shopping online. People who have ne never shopped online are, are shopping online now. I mean, my dad, you know, who's in his 70s, who rarely shops online, is getting like Safeway groceries delivered. And, you know, so people are having to learn how to shop online, even when they never thought they would. Um, so I think that trend is going to continue into Q4. Um, even if, you know, even if the COVID thing, you know, gets better and, and, you know, uh, you know, people are, are more willing to be outside. I think that, you know, once they've gotten used to the selection and the convenience and, you know, just the ease of, you know, I haven't shopped in a, in a store for Christmas in probably like five years, but we're early adopters. Right. But I mean, once you get used to that kind of shopping, it's like going anywhere else, it seems like, you know, just a chore. So, um, yeah, I mean, not only that, but, you know, just, just, uh, you know, demand in general on Amazon is, is, has gone up huge. I think I saw the other day that, uh, I read an article that said that like there was five years or six years worth of growth that they were predicting in e-commerce happened like since COVID started. So that's insane. I mean, so really, I mean, if you look at last year, you look at your sales last year, normally what we do is add 25 to 30% from our previous year, um, just from growth of e-commerce, right? Just to add on, like, you know, if you expect your sales to, to grow along with Amazon and, you know, for, for some of our products, we've had it for years and years and years. So it's very reliable and we know it's very, uh, you know, we, we know the demand's going to be there. Um, so if you have a product like that, yeah, I mean, 30% minimum, we were just talking, uh, Molly and I, my wife about, you know, inventory this year. We're like, are we going to go like, you know, crazy and double our stuff. Like how, you know, we're, we're talking strategy right now and we're really trying to research and make some calculated decisions. Um, and I think if you don't do that, you're going to be, be leaving a ton of money on the table. So make sure that you guys really look at your numbers, you know, from last year. And can we talk about that a little bit, Andy, because I've had so many clients ask that question, like Amy, how do I prepare for inventory? So let's talk about that. So we have some people, for example, I've got products that aren't seasonal at all. They sell all year round pretty steady. During Q4, I have a slight increase, but it's not like, you know, it's not like insane. Like these are general household products and they just sell well all year round. Um, so naturally people shop more online during Q4, but the pro these particular products, are they don't necessarily... Um, they're not like a hundred percent increase during Q4. It's just a really nice sales all year round. So for me, I usually just make sure I have an extra month of stock. So I plan my inventory in months. So I do, I try to make sure I have three months in stock inventory in stock at any time. And that way it gives me lead time. If I improve my sales and I'm doing really well, well, then I still have time to get more. Even if I'm getting it from China, it's usually 30 day, 30 to 40 day lead time and uh, about 30 days of shipping, right? So that's about two months. And then you can you know, count on that one month of getting it in, getting it checked in, all of that kind of restocking um, in the warehouse or in fulfillment centers. So that's kind of the way that I plan. But the biggest questions that I've gotten are people that are just getting started online they're starting with a brand new product that they've never launched before. And so the advice that I given for that is same thing. Um, what you want to do is you want to look at your closest competitor, not the number one competitor on the page. 
you want to look at your closest competitor. What are the average sales across the page that you think you're going to be on, right? What are the average sales? Is nearly everyone kind of in the 20,000 in ranks? Is nearly everyone selling 10 to 15 products a day? You could always use Helium 10's Chrome extension and you can click on all time um, for their sales and you can look at what were their sales during December of last year, during Q4 of last year for your competitors. And then take that and look at, okay, I'm just launching, right? Am I gonna do a launch promotion? Am I gonna do some giveaways? Am I gonna do some rebates? I need to work that into my inventory. And how many can I expect to sell? So I look at my competitors. And of course, I don't plan to necessarily beat them. I plan to try to be right up with them during that time, right? Um, and I make sure that I try and get about three months of inventory in stock at any given time. Um, so that's, that's kind of how I plan for inventory if I'm launching a new product. But what do you think, Andy? Is that good advice or do you do something different? Uh, no, we do something similar, but what, what the other thing that we do is once we decide like on the amount that we're going to order, right, whether it's 30%, <clears throat> excuse me, from last year, is it, you know, if we go 50% this year, if we go 80, 100, whatever it is, we decide. We also watch leading up to uh, the holidays, right? So like once September comes around, we start looking at the numbers. And then once we start getting in October, we really look at the numbers because if we see like trending, right? So like, you know, if September, if we sold a hundred units of this product in September of last year, but this year we've sold a hundred, <clears throat> excuse me, you know, 150. Well, then we go, well, wait a minute. Like this is scaling pretty quickly, you know? So then we take kind of these micro, um, you know, stats, the micro data. So, you know, getting closer into maybe a couple weeks and looking at that and comparing it to last year. And if it's a huge, you know, if, if we sold a hundred of this product in September of last year, but this year we sold 300, that's three X. So then we go back and go, well, wait a minute, we're selling way more already. Like let's order another thing, like a, a, another order right now, because the yeah. trend is looking like it's going to be much higher. So that that's how we're going to do that again this year. Another thing that you can do, and it really depends on your supplier, but um, you know, some suppliers, you can actually pre-book inventory um, if you give them, uh, you know, some like 30% uh, of, of the, the uh, cost and, and sometimes some uh, uh, suppliers will even give you net 30. So in other words, they'll give you 30 days to pay as well. Um, so it really depends on your supplier. I'm not seeing that as much anymore though, because money is tighter in China now. So a lot of, you know, manufacturers used to be, at least with us, we used to get, be able to get net 30 pretty easily. Now it's, we, we're getting a lot more pushback on that. Cause I think just, you know, money-wise in China, it's, it's tighter just like everywhere else in the world. Um, so those are some, some tactics to really look at is, you know, take the macro picture and then get micro as you get closer and really try to follow the, the, the trends and the data there. And one thing that you taught me early on, Andy, a trick was that if you do have that product that you know pretty well and you know that it's going to be quite an increase, but you don't, you mentioned booking inventory with your supplier, you can always order more from your supplier. So let's say you want to order 5,000 units um, or even 10,000 units, but you just don't want them to ship all of them. They'll hold on to those units and then, you know, okay, let's get, you know, the first however many fit in a 20 foot container, or let's get, you know, that first shipment sent out. Um, maybe you do an LTL shipment um, or an L, 
CL shipment is that less than container load. <laughs> I'm talking about um, uh, regional stuff. But anyway, uh, you know, maybe you're going to do an LCL instead of, you know, a full container load and you're going to get that going and you're just going to ask your supplier to store it in between. And that way, when they shut down for Chinese New Year, you don't have to worry about, oh man, I don't, they'll be able to just ship it out. They're, they're not going to be prepping everybody else's stuff for Chinese New Year. They're already going to have your products in stock ready to go. So that's another little trick. So I know the next natural question, Andy, is, hey, what's going on with these restrictions? Right now, I'm not even able to send in. If I'm planning on selling a 3,000 to 10,000 units, I can't even send in more than 200 right now. How do I plan? Right? Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, the, to me, like the, the way that we do it, and I think it's going to continue this year. And that was another thing Molly and I were talking about was, you know, this year we need to be ready to, to have additional resources available to uh, help us do merchant fulfilled, right? And, uh, and seller fulfilled prime because Amazon, I have a bad feeling that, they are just going to get slammed and overwhelmed and they're going to, it's going to be just like it was when COVID first started where it's like, Hey, you're going to get your stuff in two weeks. Now if somebody's, you know, holiday shopping two weeks after Christmas, isn't going to do anything for you. Right. Like as a, as a Christmas shopper. So, you know, you're going to want to be able to scale up your own, you know, operation in terms of, you know, even if it's in like your garage or your house or renting a storage container, whatever it, it is that you need to do, you know, you need to have those kind of backup plans in place or, you know, a, a three, a 3PL, uh, you know, is an option as well. But I'm going to talk really quick about, you know, seller fulfilled and why that's so important, especially during Q4. Uh, we talked about, you know, staging shipments from China. That works really well because that's kind of like building in, you know, extra storage without paying for it. Uh, the other thing you can do is, like we do, is we, we get some inventory sent to us, right? So we send the bulk of it direct to, to the FBA warehouses, and then we hold back like 40% of the inventory of the total um, order and we have it shipped to ourselves because we know that that's excess, right? So we're, we're, so say for example, we're planning for, you know, uh, 15,000 units, you know, four or 5,000 of those units would come to us. The rest goes to Amazon. And then we watch our stock. And, and if all of a sudden we see, well, the FBA stuff's moving really quickly, stuff's getting checked in quickly, you know, everything, like we kind of, you know, see how we, we do a weather check on, on Amazon fulfillment and see if it's a sunny day or if it's, you know, thunderstorms and tornadoes and if everything's going smoothly then we that's when we start staging out and we don't send all four thousand at one time right if that that was the case we'll send 500 or a thousand and then we wait a few more days and we look again and then if it's still you know then we send more so you like stage everything you know it's everybody wants to like do it the easy way and just send everything at one time which is much easier but in terms of being strategic it's it won't work nearly as well um, in terms of, you know, storage. And then uh, we've had this happen to us before. And this year, I'm terrified of it. That's why we're really going to be spooled up for for seller fulfilled is that, you know, you get stuff to Amazon, it takes them two weeks to check it in or a month or, yes. you know, we've had stuff sit forever. So, you know, those are something you guys really want to be aware of this year. And I know, you know, our, our retail arbitragers who are out there, a lot of them, they'll go ahead and, and source something at Walmart or at a retailer and they will list it merchant fulfilled. And before they even get home with it, it's already sold. And so that's the thing is if you have a way to, and you guys know on my blog um, at amazingathome.com, I, I 
during COVID, we talked about this on the seller roundtable, how you can sell, you can list your products, both FBA and merchant fulfilled, and um, you can use multi-channel fulfillment if you need to. But the, the bottom line is, as Andy's talking about, everyone is restricted right now. Every single person is restricted right now. Um, and so, you know, I, I posted an article there in the live session, um, changes as we prepare for a successful peak 2020 frequently asked question. So Amazon kind of put this help article out there and they said, why are you making these changes? Everyone wants to know why Amazon are you restricting our inventory? You know, um, I've, I've got stuff to send in. I just ordered a whole bunch from my supplier. And this is their answer. They said, as we head into the holidays, we are preparing early to meet sustained increased demand. To ensure we're ready to best serve all of our selling partners and customers, we are introducing adjustments as we ramp into peak. Our commitment to our selling partners has never been more steadfast, and we have already reduced our own retail product ordering to accommodate more of your products and help you continue to see sales growth. And then this second question, I'm not going to sit here and read this whole article, but this second question is key because this is one of the biggest questions that people have had. Do all products have FBA quantity limits? The answer, yes. All products that sellers can send to our fulfillment centers will have quantity limits. Most products will have enough space available for over three months of sales. So I get it. Some of you who are like, this sells a thousand units a month and I can only send in 200. Well, I mean, that is when it's best to actually look into Seller Fulfilled Prime. Um, and we're gonna talk about Seller Fulfilled Prime. But really, you know, as Andy said, he's preparing, we did the same thing. We just ordered, we just um, booked another full 40 foot container space in our warehouse for additional inventory. And we're just taking, you know, we also opened up an account with Deliver um, and, you know, we are selling on other channels now and, you know, we are still planning for Amazon to be the bulk of our sales, but we want to be able to have multiple fulfillment options so that we can get more products to customers faster. So that is the biggest thing to look at. I know the days of all of us putting all of our inventory into FBA and counting on that sustaining us are I think they're over, you know, I think that it's, it's going to be tough. We used to be able to do that, but I think Amazon has had such an increase in sellers and they honestly cannot keep up. Um, I don't know. Do you, is that what you think, Andy? Do you think that? Yeah. Well, um, I think that it, it forced a ton of people who were not on Amazon previously to get on Amazon. Right. I mean, like, look at even, you know, we were talking about this in previous episodes about how, you know, as these small mom and pop stores, you know, local stores and things like that, um, you know, a lot of them probably jumped onto Amazon and their own websites and things like that because they had to, to survive. Right. I mean, there's nobody coming through the door. How else are you going to sell your wares? Right. So yeah, I think they've had a huge, huge influx of new sellers, new shoppers. I mean, Amazon, I think has been on, you know, has had the gas pedal floored since COVID and they are still, I mean, you know, they're going to be hiring and ramping up all the way to Q4 and, you know, and still won't be ready. They will still be understaffed. They will still not have enough warehouse space. I mean, they, they're probably right now just, I mean, if, if I were in logistics at Amazon right now, I'd be going to the malls that are all shuttered right now and, and figuring out if, you know, how I can use that space or, you know, all these closed Walmarts and Sears. And, you know, I, I, I assume they're looking at that. And if not, you know, Jeff's not as smart as I thought he is. But I mean, they, you know, they're, they're ramping up as much as they can, but there's no way, I don't think that they're going to be prepared for it. 
um, there, there's just so much, you know, increase in demands um, and you can only scale so quickly, right? Even a company like Amazon. So, um, you know, maybe, maybe they get smart and, and start doing, you know, maybe some more strategic partnerships, um, you know, maybe with FedEx or, you know, I know that they compete against each other, but I don't know if FedEx would, would turn well, down. Well, they used to have FedEx and then they yeah. cut FedEx out. Right. You're right. And so I yeah. think U.S. Postal Service has been trying to end their contract with Amazon because Amazon negotiated such good rates with them that they're actually losing money fulfilling right. for Amazon. Right. So, you know, there's going to be some bottlenecks, you guys. You're going to be limited in inventory that you're going to be able to send in. So how can you hedge against that? Number one, you don't, you want to be careful to try not and run out of stock if you can, whether it's FBA inventory or merchant fulfilled, however you're going to do it or seller fulfilled prime. You want to try not to run in out of stock during Q4 because inventory takes a lot longer to check in during Q4. It, it could take weeks to check in. So that's number one is your FBA inventory you want to try to plan that out. So let's say you're going to be able, most of you are limited to 200 units right now. We don't know per ASIN. We don't know if Amazon's going to change that. We have no idea right now. They're trying to put the brakes on some people because who are already sending stuff in, but, um, but we don't know if that's going to change right now. It's 200 units. So that's how much inventory you can maintain of any one ASIN at a time. Let's say some of you have already created a shipping plan before these restrictions were put in place. You're going to be able to ship that inventory in. If you go into Seller Central and you click on inventory and inventory planning, you're going to see that your allowable unit is two, your allowable units is 200, but your, um, your in-use inventory is however many you created that shipping plan for. And so you're just not going to be able to send any more in until you fall below 200. So that's the thing. You can create another shipment and send more in as long as you're below that 200. So you need to look at how much you're selling how, and how much you plan to be selling in that 200 number during Q4. And you need to be preparing to seed feed and you need to make sure that you're creating those shipments ahead of time and getting those things in. Also, make sure that you send it in during Q4, try to create a small parcel delivery, a SPD shipment, and not an LTL because Amazon puts LTL or freight deliveries to the back of the list. But people who send in individual boxes, um, they get checked in first. So if you are having to seed feed, usually 200 units, that's not that many cartons, right? So you can get those sent in. So plan for that and then have your backups ready, have your merchant fulfilled listing ready, and then make sure if you have the ability to do um, seller fulfilled prime, make sure that you're looking at that as well um, so that you have enough inventory, not only in Amazon, but directly outside of Amazon to keep on feeding the beast. Um, and can we talk a little bit about Seller Fulfilled Prime? Seller Fulfilled Prime is, you can, you can apply for it. Now, here's what you have to be careful of. Seller Fulfilled Prime requires that you deliver the products within that two-day delivery window that Amazon delivers with Prime, right? So you get the Prime badge on your listing. If you, you can apply for Seller Fulfilled Prime, you get the prime badge on your listing. So the difference, regular merchant fulfilled, you don't get the prime badge, right? You just, it's just 
free shipping or what, however shipping, whatever shipping you set up, right? And you have two days with merch, regular merchant fulfilled, you have two days to put your um, tracking number in there. And then you have, you know, three to seven days to deliver that shipment. Um, with Seller Fulfilled Prime, you've got two days to complete delivery of that product after the order. So you're going to want that to be as automated as possible because what can happen if you sign up for Seller Fulfilled Prime and you say, yes, I can deliver everything within two days and you don't have that figured out yet, <laughs> then you could actually lose that ability. And, and I don't know, you know, I don't know if you lose it for a long period of time or, or how that works, but you want to start small with Seller Fulfilled Prime, like start with one SKU you know, get, get the process down and then add more SKUs, you know? So Andy, I know you do some seller fulfilled prime. What's your advice on that? Yeah, we've done a lot and we have been banned before from it. <laughs> it's uh, you actually can usually get back right back in once your, um, your, your on-time shipment metrics um, get back uh, into, into check here. Uh, that was great advice that Amy, Amy just ga gave is start really, really slow because it is a different process than you're used to. Like even if you've done merchant fulfilled, it's still a different process. Luckily, Amazon has a thing now in the shipping settings where you can say, Hey, I'm using, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm shipping with UPS and, you know, postal service. Um, and, um, you know, I don't want to, I only want to provide this level of service. So, you know, for postal service, say first class mail, right. And then you can tell Amazon, hey, only offer this seller fulfilled prime badge to people that I can deliver in that way in two days. So for us in California, when we do that, it's normally like, you know, Southern Oregon, Washington, um, Nevada, uh, Arizona, Texas, like, you know, there's only a, a certain states and areas that will see that prime badge because they know that postal service will deliver generally, <laughs> not always within that time frame. And it'll automate that for you. The other thing that you have to realize, um, which a lot of people don't realize, is that you have to take shipments, I believe, or you have to take orders that same day till 1 p.m. So you can't ship in the morning. You can't be like, hey, I'm going to get up this morning and ship my, my seller fulfilled prime stuff. It won't work that way. You have to wait till 1 p.m. when the last order comes in um, in order to make sure that you get all your stuff out on time after 1 PM, that's the cutoff. Um, after that, you, then you can go and ship or you could ship in the morning and then ship again after 1 PM. But you have to make sure that you, uh, are aware of that because if you're not, then you're going to be missing orders and you're going to get booted pretty quick. Yes, definitely. Thanks for tuning in to part one of this episode. Join us every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time for live Q&A and bonus content after the recording at sellerroundtable.com. Sponsored by the ultimate software tool for Amazon sales and growth, sellerseo.com and amazingathome.com.